What's up, coaches? You are tuned in to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast dedicated to the defensive line. And not only is this our 30th episode, but it's also our second installment of Inside Drill, where I fly without a guest, and today we got a lot to cover. Before we do, I guess it would probably be beneficial for some of you who are, who are sort of new to the podcast for me to tell you a little about who I am. Uh, if you want to hear the full story, I would tell you to go back and listen to episode number one. But uh, for now, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Currently, I am the defensive line coach at Pleasant Grove High School in Texarkana, Texas. Uh, this is my first season here. I spent the last uh, six seasons uh, at Kerrville Tyvee High School in Kerrville, Texas. And I got the idea to start a podcast back in January. It was actually on New Year's Eve. I was talking with a buddy of mine. And we were just uh, just talking about some ideas of things that we wanted to do with the new year uh, approaching, and and I said, man, I think I want to do something, you know, to, to to help coaches. And and he he brought up the idea of a podcast. And I actually got this question a couple of times this past week talking with guys about, you know, how do you even go about starting a podcast? Like, what's that process like? Do you have to have a communications degree? Uh, do you have to be really technology savvy? Uh, to, to do that? And the answer to all of those questions is absolutely not, because I am not a, a communications major or anything like that. I've never done. Uh, I'm not great with technology. Um, but really what it was, was it was just a lot of research, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of just looking out, looking at stuff online. But basically, once I decided I wanted to do a podcast, uh, it was buy some equipment, Download some software and, and get going, and so that's where we are today. We started. We started back uh, the end of February, beginning of March. So we've been rolling for about seven months, and and really, uh, I've really enjoyed doing this. And the purpose of this podcast is to provide resources for football coaches, specifically defensive line coaches. As I was, you know, as I mentioned in episode number one, I love listening to podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time, whether I'm working out or driving or or, or doing some work at the field house. Uh, I listen to podcasts a lot, and what I was finding was there weren't a whole lot of podcasts out there for defensive coaches, and especially for defensive line coaches. So I decided to do something about it, and uh, started first by reaching out to some friends of mine and some people that I knew uh, to to see if they'd be willing to come on as guests. And 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 so we've we've progressed from there, and now we're 30 episodes into it, and, and with no signs of stopping and no no plans to slow down. So. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to celebrate a little bit by looking back on our previous 29 episodes, uh, and we're going to talk about, uh, we are going to talk about some football stuff. We're going to talk about keeping contained with your defensive ends, and then something that really uh, was brought up this week, and and I want to talk about it because it's an area that I realized that I wasn't doing a great job of coaching, and that's transitional pass rush. We'll talk about what that means uh, here in a few minutes, Uh, and then we're even going to roll out a new segment where I give my take on a given subject and an attempt to be uh, maybe inject some humor uh, into this podcast. And, and finally, we'll give a shout-out. As promised in last week's episodes, we'll give a shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Yes, we have enough time uh, in this episode because there weren't just a ton, but, you know, there were enough to, to – hey, and, and, and I'm, I'm proud of all of them. So we'll give a shout-out to all those guys uh, who, who, who followed us this week. And so we got a lot to cover on today's episode, and I'm excited and hope you are too. So let's let's jump right in with episode number 30 of KYPD.
uh, before we jump in and really start looking back on uh, our, our episodes, our previous episodes that we've done so far on this podcast, I really have to uh, I have to give a shout out first to a few guys who really took a, a chance by agreeing to come on this podcast before it really even existed. So uh, as I mentioned in the intro and opening, I decided I want to do this podcast really around January uh, and started that process of, you know, of, of getting some things done and, and, and sort of um, laying the groundwork. And then I started looking around and, all right, who am I going to get on as guests? And so I started with people that I knew. And, and, um, and so the first, really the first four guys that are on our first uh, episode two, three, four, and five, uh, are those those are the first guys that I, that I approached to talk to about this podcast, and and when I came and when I asked them, about, hey, would you like to be on a podcast? There was no podcast uh, in the works yet. Uh, I said, hey, would you like to be on a podcast that I'm creating? It's not created yet. I really don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how many people are going to listen, uh, besides, you know, my family. Uh, but would you mind coming on and being a guest on my podcast? And every one of these guys said yes, and, and it was really uh, it was a huge help. Uh, for me, and I'm really uh, forever indebted to those guys, and 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 I'll talk about those guys individually uh, right now. And, our, and the first one is from episode number one, Coach Braden Cober, who's currently the defensive coordinator at Dale Valley High School, and his really his his fingerprints are all over this podcast because he gets a lot of shout outs from guys who are on here because he's sent me not only was he on this podcast and he was our first episode and he did a great job, and I'll talk more about his episode specifically in a minute. But he has sent me a handful of guests uh, to be on this podcast, and every one of them have been home runs. And, and so I really appreciate him. Uh, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. Uh, but he was the defensive line coach at my alma mater uh, at Huntsville High School. And so um, we, had, we had some mutual friends and mutual acquaintances, and I, and I reached out to, to them, and they put me in touch with Braden, and he did a great job on his episode. And so you definitely need to go check his out. Uh, that's, that's episode, actually episode number two. He's our uh, first episode with a guest. He was our first guest on Keeper Pads Down. The next one was, was Coach Sadiq Haynes, uh, the defensive tackles coach at Sam Houston State University. Uh, again, in my hometown, my parents' alma mater, I grew up rooting for the Bearcats. And I actually ran into Coach Haynes at a Glacier Clinic in Dallas uh, in late January. Uh, was was sitting in on his presentation. And, uh, you know, uh, it was between between one of his sessions, and I, and I worked up the nerve to go up and talk to him. And and ask him, hey, Coach Haynes, I know you don't know me, and I'm just some random high school coach, but uh, would you like to be on a podcast that I'm starting? And I, I haven't started it yet. It's in it's, it's in the works. And, you know, he could have totally blown me off and, and big-leagued me, but he said, man, I'd love to. I love talking ball. Any chance I, I can I can talk ball, I'll jump on it. So uh, he did, and, and we, we got the episode done, and he, we actually got it done while he was um, he was out, I believe, on a recruiting trip, and, and we uh, – he, he, we were able to get it done while he was in his hotel room. So really appreciate Coach Haynes for, for taking a flyer on a guy that he had no clue, uh, d- didn't know me from anybody else. And, and so I really appreciate Coach uh, Sadiq Haynes. And the next one was Coach Greg Frazier. I do know Coach Frazier uh, from College Station High School. I heard him speak at some strength clinics and just kind of kept in touch with him over the years. And, and again, he was uh, more than willing to jump in and, and, and come on. And so I really appreciate Coach Frazier. And then finally, uh, Coach Cade Lane, a linebacker's coach at Cy Woods High School there in Cypress, Texas. Uh, again, a guy that I'd met a couple times and actually had called and, 
and bounced some ideas off of him before, but uh, we don't we didn't really know each other well. But but again, he jumped in and, and said he'd love to to be a guest and had never been on a podcast before or done anything like that. Uh, and, and so I really appreciate him uh, doing that for me. And and so and and all these guys that have come on and, and been guests uh, have really done great jobs. And, and and now the cool thing is is. You know, I got 29 guys that that I can text or call or ask for uh, advice or op- their opinion on things and and keep up with. Um, you know, usually on Friday night after our game's over, I'm getting on my phone on our app and and checking the scores from all those guys and and love keeping up with them and how their teams are doing. So uh, let's um let's talk about talk about that. How do you, how do you get guests to come on a podcast or how do we get guests to come on a podcast? I don't know how other podcasts do it. Uh, but I'll tell you how we do it and how I do it. And, and first of all, my best, my, my most favorite way to get guests um, is referrals, is coaches saying, hey, you need to talk to this guy. This guy's a stud. He's got, a bunch of, he's got a plenty of juice, and you need to talk to him. He's, he's got some great stuff. That's my, my, my favorite way. Uh, so, coaches, if you're listening to this and you got a guy in mind that, that would do a great job, um, and he is a defensive coach, uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a defensive line coach. Eventually, we're going to get to where we talk to some offensive coaches, particularly some offensive line coaches, because uh, I do want to get their perspective on things from the other side of the ball. I'm not against that. So if you got an offensive line coach uh, that's 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 got some snap and, and, and got some juice, then sure, send me his name, and, and uh, I'll get in touch with him. But um, that's my favorite way of getting guests is referrals. and been my most successful way. Uh, other than that, you know, sometimes it's just people that I know, people that I meet, uh, people that I hear maybe on other podcasts or I hear them speak on, I read their articles on different websites that I'll, I'll contact those guys. And then sometimes I randomly contact guys on Twitter and I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring those guys up later that, that I just sort of uh, randomly contact, just kind of throw a, a message out there on Twitter and those guys respond and, and, and those, you know, I, so far my luck has been really good uh, with those guys and and then every now and then, a coach will reach out to me, and that's also good too because that means that they feel like they got a message that they want to share, and so I really appreciate those coaches who reach out as well. So that's that's how we get guests on the show. Uh, and so if you again, my favorite way to get guests is referral. So if you have someone that that you want to to hear from or that you think would do a great job talking about defensive line play or defensive play, front seven play specifically, then then uh, make sure uh, reach out to us on Twitter at KYPD Podcast. Or shoot us an email at kypdpodcast at gmail.com. So I, to help you out, and I don't want to go through, we're not going to talk about all 29 episodes. That would take way too long. But to kind of help you out, and you can see this, what I'm about to read off to you uh, in our show notes. But to kind of help you out, I, I've sort of categorized our episodes up to this point. So if you're looking for information on a certain topic, you know, for us in, in Texas, we're at week five now, which is hard to believe we're, we're halfway through uh, the regular season. Uh, and so if you're looking for a certain topic or you're looking for information on a certain topic, then I'm going to try to help you out and, and tr- sort of steer you in the right direction with some episodes that that, that um, hopefully you can find relevant to what you're looking for. So first of all, uh, if, if you're looking for drills, so you're looking at episodes where, where guys are talking about specific drills, we have plenty of those. I'm going to go talk, talk about those first of all. Uh, first, episode three with Coach D. Keynes from Sam Houston State. He t- does a great job talking about drills. He also talks about... Um, defending the inside zone. Uh, and, and so if that's something that you want to look into, definitely go check out episode three with Coach Haynes. Coach Wynn, 
from episode nine. He's the defensive line coach at Galena Park North Shore. He does a, a great job talking about, for one, uh, steer drill, which is which is an old Pete Jenkins drill, and he actually played for Pete Jenkins at LSU. And Coach Wynn has got a lot of juice. So if you're if you're wanting to get fired up and, and also learn some great drills, Coach Wynn is a great episode. That's episode number nine. Uh, speaking of just great fundamentals, another uh, great episode for drills is Coach uh, Ramel Borner, who is the defensive line coach at Duncanville High School. That's episode thirteen. All we talk about is fundamentals of defensive line play. He also has a very inspiring story about uh, growing up and, and playing high school football and the struggles that he had and that he's overcome to be where he is today. So that's a great episode as well. Uh, Coach Robert Irwin, uh, who uh, I, I think I've said this maybe on his episode, but he is the the smoothest dude on that Midlothian staff, which does include Coach Cody Alexander, who's all over Twitter. And I don't know how that dude does it. I, you know, he's got, you know, lunch links and and, and stuff, he's breaking down Texas defense and Michigan State's defense. And, you know, I, I don't know where that dude is hiding those extra hours. But but anyway, Coach Irwin, though, uh, does a great job of talking about his odd front, a little bit of four-eye stuff. And he also talks about blending odd and even fronts, uh, which is actually something we do here at Pleasant Grove. So if that's something you're looking, you're looking for, check out Coach Irwin's episode uh, he also uh, used to be in the liquor and beer and wine business. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for uh, information on that, you'll have to hit him up on Twitter, but he's also an expert on that from what I understand. Uh, Coach Lyons from Kilgore High School, that's episode uh, number 21. I may not be reading that right. I think it's episode 22, actually. Anyway, Coach Josh Lyons uh, from Kilgore High School. He does a great job, great young coach, talking about drill work that they do at Kilgore. So if you want to coach with a little bit, maybe a, a sort of a smaller school perspective, uh, that's, a, that's a great one uh, to check out. Uh, coach Zach Leonard, who actually has written a book called Outside Shades. It's a great book. Uh, it's a great deal, heck of a deal on Amazon. I think it's $3.99 for a Kindle or uh, ebook or, or 10 bucks for uh, for a paperback. I got a paperback read through it this summer. Great stuff. Coach Zach Leonard does a great job talking about it. So if you're running, if you're running a, especially if you're running a four-man front and you want to talk about run fits and drills, uh, Coach Zach Leonard's episode, episode 18, is a great one to listen to. And then finally, uh, a recent episode we just did, episode 28 with Coach Jay Jensen, who's a defensive line coach, defensive coordinator at Katie Taylor High School. I mean, that dude they got he had, that episode is chock full of drills and, and he's got all kinds of stuff. So if you want to uh, need some more drills, uh, right there, Coach Jay Jensen's episode, episode twenty eight is a great one to listen to. What about pass rush? Well, if you're looking for pass rush drills uh, or just talking about pass rush in general, Coach Michael Gwynn, who's the uh, who's the D line graduate assistant at Texas Tech University, episode eleven, he does a great job talking about that. Uh, Coach William Green, who is the defensive line coach at Jacksonville State, uh, talks about defensive line tech. I'm sorry, uh, pass rush technique with your defensive tackles. That's episode 21. And then uh, Coach Ben Olson, who's a defensive line coach at Nice State. Uh, he was he was on our second episode of our beach session uh, from this summer. Uh, coach Ben Olson talks about uh, has some great stuff about pass rush and also some other block destruction drills in there. That, that's that's really good stuff, and that's episode 16. Uh, twisting and slanting your fronts, uh, and and also talking about turnovers. If you're looking for the, that that uh, something having to do with that, uh, Coach Brett Watson, who's the defensive line coach at the University of, of the Incarnate Word there in San Antonio, on episode 12, uh, Coach Watson does a great job talking about that, and and he has a uh, 
just does a really great job and also a great dude. Got to, a chance to talk with him this summer. Appreciate Coach Watson. So he's definitely one you want to check out, episode 12. Uh, another one who's very near and dear to my heart is Coach Trayvon Bigelow from Harding University, which is my alma mater. And Coach Bigelow, who's, he's episode six. He has some great stuff about, again, about twisting in front, about doing running some slants and different slant techniques. And, and, and Coach Bigelow is going to get you fired up. So, you know, I, these episodes drop on Monday. If you got a little case of the Mondays, Listen to Coach Bigelow's episode, and you'll get rid of those real quick because that dude is on fire, and he is a great uh, – it's a great listen. So check, check out Coach Bigelow's episode, episode number six. Uh, you want to talk about how to handle two-way players. If you're at a small school and maybe you know the injuries or grades have hit you now and you're in the middle of the season and you're kind of in a uh, – you know, a little bit, a little bit of a loss on what to do with, with, with some of your guys and how to create depth or um, how to handle that, well – Two great episodes for you. First, Coach Neil Evans, who is my college roommate. Uh, he's the head football coach at Harding Academy High School there in Searcy, Arkansas. He's episode 15. Great episode to listen to. He has a really a unique perspective on that. Uh, and then, again, I referenced his episode earlier, but Josh Lyons from Kilgore, he talks a little bit about uh, two-way players and how to handle those. And that's Again, that's episode 22. Um if you're looking for, if you are an aspiring defensive coordinator, or maybe you are a coordinator, and and you want to hear about two outstanding coordinators talk about just what their their thought process going into a week and game planning, and how they prepare each week, uh, then then first of all you got to listen to uh, Coach Jeremy Hickman's episode, episode number twenty. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator that I worked for uh, for six years there in Kerrville, and not only was my coordinator, but he's a very 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 close friend of mine. Uh, really like an older brother to me, and and he has taught me so much uh, in this profession and in, in coaching, and I've I've learned so much from him. And his episode is is is, is outstanding and chock full of great information, and and, and uh, so I would definitely, if you're wanting to hear more about that, about the defensive coordinator side of things, then check his episode out. Another great episode uh, is Coach Eric Shenander, who's the defensive coordinator at the University of Nebraska. Um, he has some great stuff for us. Uh, again, just talk about what goes into his mind and his process for game planning and breaking down opponents. And that's episode 26. Uh, if you are looking for nose guard play, how to coach up the big uglies, then look no further than Coach Eric Hammond of Katy High School, who is the guru of nose guards. He was, uh, he's been referred to me by several coaches uh, to have on as, as, as a guest as this podcast, and we had him on in episode 10. And he does a great job talking about nose guards and also some of the drills that they're doing there at Katy High School, so you'll definitely want to check his out. Another uh, very underrated aspect of defensive line play, and I shout this guy out a lot uh, in, in, in other episodes on this podcast, but if you want to hear about eye discipline, Coach, uh, Coach Chris Gistorb uh, of Angleton High School, uh, episode 8, uh, one of our highest-rated episodes uh, is is a great episode to check out. He talks about eye discipline there and the importance of that, and and things that that um, the good things that that come with with having great eye discipline, and the things the bad things that can happen when your guys don't have uh, or have poor eye discipline. You want to hear about tackling circuits? Then go to our, our our latest episode before this one, episode number twenty nine, and that's Coach Stacy Collins from Utah State. He talks about Utah State's uh, tackling circuit and and uh, what they do there. And so that's a great episode to check out if you're wanting to find out some more information on tackling circuits. Uh, strength training, strength training, and weightlifting, and training your guys up, and how to prepare those guys. Uh, 
in season and out of season, uh, then you got to go check out uh, Coach Greg Frazier's episode, episode number four. As I mentioned, I mentioned him before. He is the defensive line coach and strength coordinator at College Station High School. Does an outstanding job there with those guys and really has a lot of great information. So go check his out. Also, episode 25 with Coach Reb Brock. Uh, again, outstanding information from an outstanding coach. And, and, and so if you're, if you're looking for some, some tips and some things to do as far as your weight program or your training of your athletes, then go check out those episodes. Another one to check out is Dr. Stephen Horwitz episode, episode 27. He is the founder of Team Safe Sports, and he's going to talk about uh, just having a plan for training your athletes and what, what to do when things go wrong and, and the importance of having a protocol in place for when your athletes are training and they are injured and what to do. And so that's a great episode to check out as well. Uh, finally, episodes that don't necessarily have to do with football stuff, but more human interest uh, or just entertainment things. Uh, definitely need to check out Coach Steven Jackson, from uh, defensive line coach from, uh, from Davidson University. This is episode number 24. He talks about philosophy and creating, uh, creating a culture within your, your position group, and he does an outstanding job. Uh, shout out to Coach, coach Jackson. Um, coach Jackson, Chick-fil-A tastes just as good down here in Texarkana as it does up there in North Carolina, I'm sure. Uh, that's an inside joke. Go check out episode 24 if you want to get it. Uh, up next is a guy who really – needs no introduction if you're if you're in if you live in the state of Texas and that's Matt Stepp episode 17 our, he's our first he's our second beach session episode and, and Matt covers a lot of great topics uh, including one that we're going to get into a little bit later in this episode and that's press box food but Matt uh, does a great job covering Texas high school football and really does a lot to promote our game and so I really appreciate him coming on and talking with me this summer and so if you're if you're interested in that and what Matt does go check out his episode episode 17. Mike Wise, who is the uh, rules interpreter for the Texas Association of Sports Officials. Uh, his episode is episode 14, and all he does is talk about rules uh, the, uh, of the game and sometimes rules that are misinterpreted and really the rule changes for this upcoming season. So, coaches, if you are uh, found yourself really confounded by some of the, the, the rule changes or uh, just want to brush up on that, that's a great episode to check out. Mike does a great job explaining those rules, and he's also available uh, for uh, if you need to ask him about something or get confirmation on something. He's a great resource. He's someone that I turn to, and his contact information is in the show notes of his episodes. If you want to get a hold of him, check that out. Finally, um, my, uh, my granddad, uh, I interviewed him for an episode around the 4th of July, and, and, and he is a, uh, he's 95 years old. He's a retired Marine general, and I just thought it would be cool to talk to him. I've never really, you know, it's hard to get him to talk about his military career and about his life and things that he's done. And, and so I just use this platform as a way to kind of get him to talk to me and, and share some things that I would hope to be beneficial uh, to, to coaches and other people who might listen. And so he has a great episode. He talks about his life and some of the struggles that he went through uh, to be, and, and then his, his military career, his life uh, as, uh, as a uh, Marine fighter pilot. And that's a great episode. That's episode 19. Uh, our top three rated episodes. So these are our most downloaded, most listened to episodes up to this point. Uh, and, and the first episode, the, our, our top-rated episode uh, as, as of today, as of right now, is, is Coach Jeremy Hickman from uh, Kerrville-Tivy High School, our defense co- or the defense coordinator there, uh, episode 20. 
Uh, he has the, the 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 highest rated episode, and it's easy to see why. If you go check that one out, you'll 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 definitely uh, be glad you did. The next one I mentioned him earlier is Coach Chris Gistor from Angleton High School, episode eight, and then our third most uh, popular episode is Coach Josh Lyons, episode twenty-two uh, from Kilgore High School. So there you go. That's uh, just kind of a a summary of the things that we've covered so far. We are uh, even though we're in football season and time is is definitely uh, strained a little bit. We're still going to be bringing guests on. We have we have some guests lined up in the upcoming weeks that I'm really excited about, and we're going to continue this thing rolling through the season and into the off season. And we also have some have some things cooking, uh, kind of on the back burner now for some 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 ways that we want to expand this podcast and things we want to add to it. Uh, so if you have uh, if you have some ideas or if you have some things that you'd like for us to be covering or talking about, you know where to contact us. Hit us up on Twitter, shoot us an email, uh, and I'd love to hear 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 get your input and and hear from you for sure. Now let's jump to some football stuff. Uh, I was um, I guess another shout out. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Coach Jesse Freisinger, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, but Coach Fry, as he's known on Twitter, uh, is a great follow. Give him a follow at Jesse Freisinger. That's at J-E-S-S-E-F-R-I-S-I-N-G-E-R. Uh, he's a great person to follow. He's a coach, uh, I believe, out in Idaho uh, and, and is very positive and very uplifting and encouraging. So check him out. But he asked the question on Twitter this week, and I saw it, and I thought it was a great question, and I told him that I would answer it this week. In our episode, and so uh, he asked the question earlier this week on Twitter: How do you teach your defensive ends contained discipline? I thought it was a great question, and so one that I wanted to take time to answer right now. So let's talk about that. Um, first of all, I, I think if, if if we're talking, I'm assuming that Coach Fry is talking about, uh, you know, if your defensive ends are playing and they're they're in charge of C gap, so you're talking a five technique or either a six technique on a tight end or maybe a seven technique if he's playing inside shade of the tight end. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll start with talking about like if, if you're playing a five technique. Uh, I think, first of all, uh, if, if you're talking about keeping contained with those guys, the most important thing that you're going to you're you're want to start with is their alignment. And, and for us, we talk about our alignment is uh, I'm, I'm in a five when my inside eye is on that, outside, that, that lineman's outside eye. He's on that, on that offensive tackle's outside eye. My inside hand ought to be splitting him in half. Okay. I think that's important. I think sometimes we can just say line up on his outside shoulder and that's, you know, then we get guys who get too wide or we get guys that get almost head up. Uh, and so if you're, if you're inside eyes on his outside eye, that's, that's pretty universal. And that's going to be, uh, th- th- that way you, you can ensure that that kids, that, that defensive end's not wi- lining up too wide or, or too tight. Uh, the next thing is, is pre-snap key. And I think a lot of people have different things that they want their guys looking at before the ball snap. For us, it's the near knee. Uh, and so in this case, let's say I'm the defensive end on the defensive left. Okay, uh, So we would have our man hand or our ball hand down, so our right hand would be down, right foot would be back, and we'd be staring at the near knee of that offensive tackle, which in this case, if I'm on the defensive left, it'd be that offensive tackle's right knee. That's his outside knee. Okay, I'm staring at that knee because uh, I'm looking at that knee and that, that knee is never going to lie to me. It's always going to tell me where the ball's going. Uh, okay, so I think sometimes, again, we get guys who look at the ball or they're trying to look at the offensive lineman's eyes for some reason. I think some coaches talk about looking at hips or shoulders. or You know, those are all, all good things. But I think uh, when, when you look at the knee, that's going to make sure that because when we're in our stance, we want our butt up in the air. We want our butt up above our head. 
And, and when, when you're like that, it's really hard to look any anywhere above the knee. I always tell him you shouldn't see, you know, anything on that offensive lineman above his knee. Uh, so anyway, we're going to look at the near knee. Uh, and then when that ball snapped, uh, I mentioned this in our last Inside Drill episode. We're going to read the knee and attack the V, the V of that offensive lineman's neck, which is that space between uh, his shoulder pad and his helmet, kind of that 90-degree angle there. We're going to read the knee and attack the V. And so when we, when we do that, I always talk about, and I mentioned this on episodes earlier, that we're going to have eyes in the palms of our hands. Okay, meaning the, the faster we get our hands on our offensive lineman, the faster we're going to be able to diagnose what kind of block he's giving me. Okay, uh, if we're late on our punch, then, then it's going to be really difficult for us to diagnose. And you got kids looking in the backfield and trying to figure out what's going on by looking at the backfield. And when they do that, they get out their chest, they're playing soft. So we want to have eyes in the palms of our hands. So we're going to strike, uh, we're going to strike that chest plate. And again, as I mentioned in our last episode of, of Inside Drill, we're going to put our hands on tit and pit. Uh, and we're going to attack that via his neck. If we're getting an, uh, an outside block, so he's reach blocking us, uh, maybe it's a stretch, maybe it's it's you know an option, outside run, jet sweep, something like that. So then we're going to push pull to keep our to keep outside contain. Okay, and and again to give Coach Win a, a a shout out. If you want to uh, hear more about a steer drill and how to do that, uh, Coach go go check out Coach Win's uh, episode episode number nine uh, on steer drill. But that's a drill that we definitely will work if we're getting a lot of of outside run. Uh, we worked it earlier this year because we were playing a team that that was doing that. But um, so you're going to push pull and keep your hat outside of his hat. My outside foot should be up. My inside foot should be back, and it's a constant push-pull. I'm pushing with my outside arm and pulling with my inside arm and getting that offensive lineman's shoulders turned. Okay, I'm staying square on the line of scrimmage. I don't want to get perpendicular. I don't want to straddle the line of scrimmage because now the running back can cut up underneath me, but I'm going to stay square to the line of scrimmage until I see that running back cross the lineman's, cross that offensive tackle's face, and then I can rip off and go keep contained that way. Um, but we definitely, it's, it's again, it goes back to where we align and what we're attacking. Okay, and what we're keying. Uh, if you're talking about keeping contain on, on pass rush, uh, all of our defensive ends know when they're pass rushing, their target is the upfield shoulder of the quarterback. That's what they're rushing. We don't say rush the quarterback. Okay, go sack the quarterback. You go sack his upfield shoulder. Because if you just go tell them to tackle the quarterback, then they're going to lose contain. you got to be more specific than that. They have to rush the upfield shoulder. That means if they do a counter move, I mean, our guys can do counter moves. Uh, my, my, my rule on counter moves, inside moves on pass rush is we don't do it until we're at the level of the quarterback. Okay, I know a lot of guys can beat their guys off the line of scrimmage, um, but for now, for my guys, I tell them no counter moves until we're at the level of the quarterback. Now, you get a guy that's, you know, that's, that, that gets really good at pass rushing and you can trust him a little bit more, then you can kind of loosen up those reins a little bit on him as far as when he counters. But for right now, we don't counter until we get to the level of quarterback. But you always rush the upfield shoulder. That means uh, if you are, uh, if there, maybe it's a slide protection, the offensive line slide protecting away from you, and a running back steps up or fullback to, to block you, you have to rush his outside shoulder. Never, ever, ever run through the middle of him and never dip inside. Okay, we actually had a guy do that this week in a game, and he lost the opportunity for a sack, and we lost contain, and the quarterback was able to get the play alive because we didn't rush the outside shoulder of that running back who was stepping up to block us, and so we lost a sack. So I hope that – Coach Fry, I hope that, that answers your question. Uh, if, if, if you have questions, 
you know, I know you, I know you're not bashful about hitting people up on Twitter and about putting stuff out there on Twitter. So I hope that answers the question. But I would go back if I could boil it down. It goes back to alignment and and your keys and and what you're attacking and how you attack. And I think those things, if you'll talk about those things and, and share those things with your guys, that'll definitely help uh, help them keep contained. So speaking of pass rush, let's go into more of that for a second. We, I'm, I'm fortunate to be at a place where we get a lot of traffic from college coaches. We have some, we have some players that that will have the opportunity to go play big time college football, and, and so because of that, we get a lot of coaches pass through our our uh, our program, and 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 so the cool thing about that is you get to talk with those guys and and kind of uh, get some ideas from them. And so I was talking with a a college coach. Um, who was who was passing through our practice uh, this past week, and we just started talking about pass rush and different things and some drills we like and some things that we like to teach and stress with that. And we started talking about how important it is. Actually, he brought it up, how important it is to teach guys to be able to pass rush or how to transition into a pass rush because, you know, I, I th- it's, it's easy to pass rush when it's third and 10, third and 15, and everybody in the stadium knows that the other team is about to throw the ball, and, and, and so we can kind of pin our ears back and go pass rush, right? That's easy. What's, what's more difficult is when it's, um, you know, second and five, uh, second and four, something like that, and third and medium maybe, and you're not really sure uh, if it's a pass, and you come off, and again, it's, it's the same thing for us. You know, when we're, we're, our attack is the same, as I mentioned earlier. We're going to read the knee and attack the V. So you come off an attack, we get extension, we have a mean punch, and then we feel, uh, we feel that offensive lineman, we feel softness. And what I mean by that is that offensive lineman is not coming at you to engage you. You feel him backing up. You see that near knee back up, okay? So now we have to work into a pass rush late. Okay, and I think that that's something that I, I know that, that when, once I was talking with this coach about that, that I realized I wasn't really doing a great job of teaching. And that's really probably more realistic than just having your guys tee off on a tackle or tee off on a pop-up and when, when they know it's passed and they know the situation. That, that you, know, you really ought to be repping your guys pass rushing when they don't know what the situation is. And I've been reamed out by my share of, of uh, offensive line coaches, uh, namely some offensive line coaches from a – uh, we got in a little bit of a debate at coaching school this year. I'll say that. I'll call it that, a heated debate. Uh, no punches were thrown. But uh, with some coaches, some offensive line coaches from the, from the Dallas Metroplex, I won't, I, won't, I won't put them on blast. I won't say their school. But uh, just about you know, the importance of, or I guess the validity in um, a one-on-one pass rush drill with the offensive line. And their point was is that it's, it's really a, a useless drill if the defensive lineman knows that it's passed. And I agreed with them. They didn't think that I was agreeing with them. We kind of went around and around in circles. Uh, sometimes those guys are a little bit slow on the uptake. Offensive line guys are. But anyway, I digress. Um, I, I definitely think that that if you are going to do one-on-ones with your offensive line, uh, that you need to, it needs to be one of those things where they can either get a run block or a pass set. Uh, that's going to be more realistic. And, and that's going to even the playing field uh, for, for your offensive line and defensive line. So there you go, offensive linemen. Okay? Are you happy? Throwing you a little bit of a bone there. Uh, but anyway, go backing up to that. So what? So how do you, how do you teach those guys that? And teach them what to do once they realize they feel that softness, they feel that pass set. What do you do? How do you teach them to work into a pass rush? Well, first of all, if we're reading an E and attacking the V, that means that we're doing uh, what we should suppose what we're supposed to do on a pass set, and that is attack half a man. Okay, we never ever ever even when we bull rush. I don't teach that we're going to bull rush through the middle of somebody. We're always going to attack half a man. Half a man is weaker than than a whole man. 
okay? So we're already attacking a half a man, so that's good, okay? So you can do a couple things. If you feel that, what we talk about is if you feel that guy, he's continually backing up. Like he is, he is soft-setting, he is kicking back. Well, then keep on, keep on bull rushing. A lot of times when they're, when they're, when they're setting back, it's a five-step drop back, and, and those guys are, are, are setting deep. That's the best thing we can do is bull rush. Okay, and we're going to keep our outside half free. What we want to do is work our, our inside hand more towards the middle of his chest and drive those shoulder pads in his throat and get that offensive lineman's head back. Okay, and have we ought to be looking up at our thumbs at that point, and we're going to try to take that guy and dump him into the lap of of that of that quarterback. Now, we're, let's say we're coming off and we feel it's passed, but then we feel that so we're we're, we're attacking the we're attacking that outside the outside half of that offensive lineman. And we're looking up at our thumbs, but all of a sudden now, boom, his back foot goes in the ground. Okay, he sticks his back foot in the ground. He's tired of getting bull rushed. Now, that's when you gotta do you gotta execute a move. And if and for the interior guys, noses, three techs, uh, shades, two eyes, whatever. Uh, my favorite move for that, my favorite counter off of that is what I call a bull and snatch. Some people call it a bull and pull. Uh, we call it a bull and snatch. Um, but what, what I'm going to do is when I feel that, I feel that foot go on the ground. It is now pointless for me to keep uh, bull rushing. Okay? What I need to do now is transition into a snatch. I'm going to pull that guy to the ground. So what I do is, uh, let's say I'm rushing uh, on the right side. So I'm, on, uh, I'm shaded to the right of that guy and I'm bull rushing him. Okay? And I feel him stick that foot in the ground. What I'm going to do, as soon as I feel that, I'm going to pull him towards me pull him down as I open up my hips and either rip or punch. I don't call it a swim because swim, we raise our pad level, we expose our rib cage, so I don't, I don't call it a swim, but most of you might call it a swim. That's just me. I don't, I don't like calling it a swim. We throw a punch. We're going to punch over that shoulder pad. Anyway, I'm going to rip or, or punch over that shoulder pad through that hip all right, and throw that guy on the ground. So let me go back. So I'm 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 Bora or I'm attacking. I don't know what's past. Okay, I come off and attack that guy's outside shoulder. I see his knee go back. I feel softness. So I'm I'm rushing, rushing, rushing. I feel him stick his foot in the ground. Now I'm gonna pull, jerk violently towards me as I open up my hips and either rip, which is my favorite. I like to rip through the hip, or I can punch over the top and then go get a sack, go get apply pressure to the quarterback. Now, a coaching tip on that is when you're when you're pulling that guy towards you, when you're executing the pull or the snatch, you have to open up your hips. If you don't, you're just going to pull that offensive lineman right back on top of you, okay? And you just put him in survival mode, and that's why he stuck his foot in the ground, and now you're going to buy He's going to get new life when you pull him back into you because now he can get his hands back on you. So you want to make sure you open your hips and either rip through the hip or punch over the top, okay? So that's... That's what I like to teach with those inside guys, especially with your outside guys. And you can do this with inside guys also. But but generally, you know, your inside guys are not as quick, not as uh, sometimes not as great with their hands. Not that I mean, look, some of the, the best pass rushers I, I've, I've known, I've coached, have been inside guys who are great with their hands. But but most of the time, with your, so with your outside guys, they can also do a bull and snatch. But another great one for them, since they have the, the, the advantage of having some space, is when they're, they're coming off and they're attacking and they feel that foot go in the back in the ground, they can, well, now we can do some sort of quick hand movement, whether it be a, a club and rip, club and punch, uh, we can swipe, all, all kinds of our quick hand movements. But that's what you got to, you, gotta, you just got to learn, those guys got to feel that. They feel that foot go in the ground, boom, it's time to execute a move. 
Okay, what happens is a lot of times guys keep trying to bull rush, and then they're just kind of they hit a stalemate, and they don't they don't get pressure on the quarterback because they don't have a move plan. So uh, make sure you're hitting that with your with your guys. Uh, you know, have a plan for okay, we're coming off the ball, we're rushing. All of a sudden, we we feel we we, we we're coming off the ball. We don't know that it's a pass rush, and we feel we feel him being soft. So now we got to start executing a move. Uh, and and if he never sticks that foot in the ground, then we can keep bull rushing. Or if we can beat him, beat him to an edge, we beat him to an edge. Um, but just execute that, rep that. If you're repping pass rush this week, which we will be actually for the first time this season because uh, we're playing a team that actually is going to throw it a little bit, uh, then then I would definitely um, challenge you to, to, to do it in such a way where your guys don't always know that it's a pass. You know, if you're trying to teach a new pass rush move, or you're trying to teach a new technique, of course, you know, let's let's go from a perfect world situation. But once those guys understand what they're doing, have them rush and not know if it's going to be run or pass. That's that's realistic, and I think they're going to get the most out of that. So uh, that's just a tip that 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 I kind of I was reminded of this week talking with that coach, and and one I definitely wanted to pass on pass on to you guys uh, as something that I think might be able to help you uh, as you get into practice this week. Okay, so at the time we have left, we're going to move into a new segment that I'm calling Upon Further Review, where I, I give a lighthearted take on things concerning football, pop culture, food, or really whatever I feel like addressing that week. And this won't be a segment where uh, that, that shows up on every episode, but one that we'll definitely be, bring, be bringing back periodically uh, as we go along. So today, here's a couple things that we're going to talk about. First of all, and, and uh, again, I know then I'm going to be backed up by uh, every coach and media member that ever goes to the press box. Uh, so, so step, I, I, I need you, I need you, I need your backup right here on this one for sure. But this is an issue that just became an issue to me this year because for the first time, this is my 11th year coaching for the first time in my coaching career, I'm up in the box. Okay. So I'm really unfamiliar with, with, you know, the, the, the etiquette and the rules and the things that go on with being a coach in the box. But one thing I did find out pretty quickly is, is that most schools, at least in our, our area, you know, the kind of the expectation is that you have food provided for you by that, by the team, by the home team provided for media members, uh, home coaches and visiting coaches. And I know if you come here, if you come to Pleasant Grove, we have a spread. I mean, we got we got Schlotzky's, we have pizza from Gasano's, we have Wingstop, we have Mexican food from two or three different Mexican food places, we have barbecue from several places, we got sandwich platters, uh, we got, um, I mean, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of drinks, any kind of, you know, teas, Dr. Pepper, uh, Gatorades, water bottles, whatever you want. And it's and it's go in there and knock yourself out, okay? We always have a, pl- a ton left over. So it's a spread, all right? So uh, if you are a uh, if you're a media member and you want to come check us out, I promise you, you won't leave hungry. Okay. Well, earlier in the season, we went to a uh, on the road, and we get to the uh, get up to the press box for the game about about 15 minutes before the game starts. Going to go in there and grab something to eat. You know, I hadn't eaten that day since lunch, so uh, thinking you know we might go in there and get some. Uh, get something to eat. Notice they have Chicken Express out. Not my favorite. You know, I was thinking, okay, not their best effort, but all right, it's 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 something. So I'll grab, go grab a plate and get ready to uh, get, get a few chicken strips and maybe some sweet tea. And a, a lady informs me that that is 
not for visiting coaches, that in fact it's only for members of their booster club. So I was like, well, okay. Uh, so I put my chicken strips down and went back to, uh, to, to, to our little room, which is really, really small, by the way. Uh, but anyway, and, and luckily had a, had a package of peanuts that I snacked on uh, before the game started. Um, so, you know, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's do better, okay? If you're a school where, you're in a press, where your press box doesn't provide food, what, what are you doing, okay? Like, if I'm coming over to your house to hang out, uh, for the day, right? Uh, are you, if you're going to invite me over, um, is it too much to expect that, that you'd have some food available, right? I mean, isn't that just kind of a given? And and then, and then here, this is even crazier. So then uh, it's at halftime, okay? I have, a, I have a water bottle. I go and ask a guy in this, we're at the same school, same press box. Uh, do y'all have a water fountain where I can fill this up? Uh, here is his response. And I'm kind of thinking like, maybe he'll go, Hey, you know what? We got, we have a cooler drinks over here. Why don't you go grab your water bottle or something over here? No, this is his response. Uh, there's a, a sink in the bathroom. Yeah. Sink in the bathroom. Like I'm going to drink water out of a bathroom sink, like some peasant. Come on, man. Anyway, point being, Hey, if you're an AD or if you're a coach, uh, that went with some, with some pool, like make sure you got to spread up in your press box. I mean, at the very least, order some pizzas, you know, get some wings, something. Um, but you just, I, I promise you, if you don't, people are talking about you, okay? And, and, and the perception around your program is, is one that you're a little bit shysty, okay? I mean, if you're going to be, if you're going to be about it, be about it is all I'm saying. So provide some food for the media members and, and opposing coaches, okay? That's my new uh, I guess that's 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 my new uh, hill that I'm that I'm willing to die on. Okay. Uh, next thing, and this I guess one is, is again, it maybe be perceived as negative, but it's not meant to be negative. Just kind of trying to help you guys out. Okay. I've noticed uh, something that that I want to point out in, in in coaching sideline attire. Now, you know here where we are. It's, it's really kind of crazy. I mean, coaches can really wear whatever they want to wear as long as it's Nike. That's that we're Nike school. And so guys will be kind of wearing, wearing whatever. I'm a little more traditional, you know, I like to stick with the traditional coaching polo, uh, pants, you know, go slacks, uh, coaching pants. We had Nike coaching pants, you know, shoes, whatever. Uh, even though I'm in the box, it really wouldn't matter. Um, but one thing that, that I got to point out that we got to put a stop to coaches is you got to do away with the pleated khakis. Okay. I mean, let's, it's 2019. Let's, let's move on from the pleated khakis. All right. You know, if, if you're, if your coaching staff's wearing pleated khakis, you probably have an offensive coordinator whose offensive philosophy is something like we like to scratch where it itches. Okay. Uh, I mean, let, let's step into the, the step into modern times and, 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 and ditch the, the uh, pleated khakis and go spring for some nice Nike Under Armour Adidas coaching pants. Okay. All right. And if you're going to wear khakis, which to me, in my opinion, you know, khakis are kind of, I think, you know, going out a little bit. Okay. You know, I think, I think the gray, gray slacks or colored slacks is is a, is a better look is a cleaner look. It's just my opinion. Uh, We wear gray. Some of our coaches wear black. I think that's a better look. Uh, so I, you know, that would be, that would be my suggestion, but at the very least, 
play in front of khakis, man. Okay? I mean, I promise you're going to get more calls from the officials. Okay? Uh, uh, people will, will you, you're just, it's probably worth a, a touchdown at least wearing plain front of khakis. Anyway, that's my take on that. Oh, and by the way, if you don't coach in Texas and you're in one of those states where y'all wear, y'all wear shorts on the sideline, dude, get out of here. Okay. I don't want to hear your opinion on things because what self-respecting coach wears shorts on the sideline of a game? Well, Mike Leach wears cargo shorts all the time. He talks about how they keep his junk from slinging around. Yeah, that's in practice, okay? You don't see Mike Le- Mike Leach running out there with his little chicken legs and some shorts uh, in a night game in Pullman, okay? Can you see Nick Saban on the sideline in some shorts? You know dude hadn't seen a squat rack in 50 years. Yeah, I guarantee you he's not wearing shorts on game day, okay? Could you see Bear Bryant out there strolling the sidelines with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and some cargo shorts? Come on. So if you're, if you're one of those staffs and you're wearing shorts, dude, you need to do some serious evaluations of your, of your life right now. Get some khakis. Look like an adult. Look like a legit coach. If that, if that pisses you off, that, if, that, if that hurts a little bit, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to help you out. But anyway, let's end on a positive note. I don't want this all to be negative. Okay, Hopefully that doesn't ruffle your feathers too much. Again, I'm just trying to help you out. Okay, uh, Let's end on uh, something that I've noticed in these... Um, uh, in this football season, I actually really, really like, and I think we need to do more of, and that is uh, a live singing of the national anthem. Again, we're at a school, and they had a, a, a guy, uh, a gentleman, uh, sing the national anthem live, and it was awesome. You know, most of the time, it's it's played by the the, the home band, and that's awesome too. That's really really cool. Uh, but I think it's also really really special when you get uh, get a person singing it now. Now, you got to make sure if you're going to pick someone to sing the national anthem, that's a difficult song to sing. They got to have the chops. Okay? Uh, you know, we don't, we don't want anybody out there butchering our, 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 our nation's anthem. But when you have someone who can do it well, it's really, really awesome. And it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. So uh, that was something I witnessed earlier in the year and really, really like that. And also, when, generally, when you have someone who's singing it live, the people and the, the crowd in the stands, they, they kind of start singing along. And that's really, really cool, too. Uh, and so that's definitely something, hey, if you're doing that, keep on doing it. If you're not doing it, hey, maybe maybe you have someone in uh, around your program that, that could do that. Let them have a crack at it. I think that's really, really cool. Okay, let's close up with new Twitter followers for the week before we get to our quote of the day and we, when we, we get you out of here. Let's move to our new Twitter followers for the week. Okay, first of all, new Twitter follower of the week. Brandon Judd, JV head coach and OC at GR West Catholic. And I'm assuming that's a high school. So thanks, Coach Judd. His, his, his Twitter profile is Dichotomy of Leadership. Great book. It's on my nightstand right now. Uh, coach Judd, thank you for the follow. Jason Franklin, Holtville High School head football coach and AD. Thank you for the follow. Following you back as we speak. That's another thing, guys. If, if you'll follow me, I promise you, I'm going to follow you back. I'm not going to big league you. I'm not, I'm not trolling for followers just to, for, for clout or anything like that, but uh, definitely want to up the followers just so we can get the exposure up for this podcast. Next, Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive makes digital LED scores table, jumbotron screens for basketball, volleyball coaches, and has a number if you want to call them. So Sideline Interactive, thank you for the follow. Coach Ram Medina, thank you for the follow. Coach Craig Hodge, D-line coach at the University of Ottawa. 
my man, I can't believe my feelings are a little bit hurt. He's just now following me because I've already shouted him out a couple times on this episode. But my man, Coach Sean Wynn uh, from North, North Shore High School, episode number nine. Go give him a give him a listen. Coach Sean Wynn, follow me this week. Peyton Dyson, class of 2025, 6'1", 267 pounds. Dang, big kid. Anyway, left tackle, nose guard, also plays the tuba. And he's a pitcher and a catcher, so he is a – He's a triple threat, ladies and gentlemen, or maybe quadruple threat. Uh, next up, Coach Reeves, who coaches uh, one of our offensive line coaches here at Pleasant Grove. Coach Reeves is an awesome, awesome dude. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Reeves underscore Hawks. Uh, Coach Reeves, thanks for the follow. Tyler McIntosh, who is the uh, offensive line and powerlifting coach at Burnett High School. That's Burnett, not Burnett, over there in the uh, uh, just south of Austin Beautiful Texas Hill Country. Go Bulldogs. Coach McIntosh at Coach McIntosh92. Thank you, Coach McIntosh, for the follow. DPT at Rodeo Store. I really don't know what any of that means, but thanks for the follow. And that'll do it for our new followers on Twitter this week. Hey, you want to get a shout out on next week's episode? It's really, really easy. Just retweet our tweet uh, with the episode link uh, for this episode, uh, which will come out on uh, Monday. September 23rd. Retweet that or shoot us an email at kypdpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And I promise you, not only will we follow you on Twitter, uh, but we will also give you a shout out on next week's episode. Anyway, let's close out episode number 30 with our quote of the week, which is from Pete Carroll. And it is, the only competition that matters is the one that takes place within yourself. Coaches, I'll do it for us today. Make sure you have a great week. And you already know, Keep your pads down.